Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. I'm just a little traumatized by Robert Durst, but it's I fine. know, it's fine. you guys. This is the second part of our little two-parter here yes. about Robert Durst. With the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. Correct. I'm Megan. I'm Kara. And this is one of the longer stories that I've ever done here. But, but you have there's to just so much. Dive. Like, yeah. you have to figure it out. I couldn't think of any way to do it any no, you shorter. Can't. You can't cut. Anymore. Because... If you all have listened to the first episode, if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to it. This won't make sense. Yeah, no. But if you listen to the first one, you know, I didn't watch the jinx, so I didn't know anything. It's been a hot minute since I have, I guess. Yeah. I don't remember a lot. So it's like, I had to tell you everything, you know, because I was learning everything right along with you here. Yes. So if you listen to the last episode, you know that where we are now is Robert's wife has disappeared. Robert's best friend was murdered in His family is not associating with him anymore. No. Except for his sister occasionally. Yeah. I'm not sure if she did much after 2000. Yeah. So his Susan Berman died Christmas Eve of 2000 and Morris Black died in November of 2001. And he was Robert's neighbor and his body parts were found floating in the Galveston Bay. Robert was arrested, jumped bail, and now he's been... His sister bonded him out. Arrested again. No, his wife. His wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife. His weird marriage. Yes, yes, yes. His random... His strange wife. His strange wife, yes. So Robert was extradited to Texas after his weird shoplifting thing to go with on a trial. chicken salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. He had five hundred dollars in his pocket, thirty-seven thousand dollars cash in, in his, his car. car, and he just couldn't pay for that chicken salad sandwich. It was so much. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's about to go on trial for the murder of Morris Black, mm-hmm. he's finally going to go on trial for something. I think that's good news. It's good. yeah, you would think, you would think, but so, here we are, twenty twenty-one. <laughs> so Durst's attorneys had a difficult time communicating with him. He was mute. And they... <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> Maybe that's why he declined to be questioned. I bet it is. He's like, I'm mute. Guys, I'm mute. Yeah. He said that, though. Like, nope, I'm mute. And he just stared at him like this. Just shakes, shakes his head. Mm-mm. Want to answer any questions? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> the sound and everything. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. No, thanks. So they hired a psychiatrist to work with him to try and understand what the issue was. What? This is where I'm about to get angry. Oh, man. Dr. Milton Bradley. Alt Schuler. <laughs> he designed board games in his Monopoly. free time. Yeah. But Dr. Milton Alt Schuler uh-huh, examined Robert for more than 70 hours. Oh. Like, and not all at once. Okay. I was like, whoa. And he diagnosed him with Asperger's syndrome. Okay. Saying his whole life's history is so compatible with a diagnosis of Asperger's disorder. And at trial, Robert's defense team argued that this diagnosis explained his behavior. I actually know a couple not of people with at Asperger's. I just, and that's not what they do. Yeah. So let's just stop here and have a quick refresher on what Asperger's is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. please. A developmental disorder affecting the ability to effectively socialize and communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asperger's syndrome is a condition on the autism spectrum, and then they're generally higher functioning. Oh, yeah. People with this condition may be socially awkward and have an all-absorbing interest in specific topics. Yeah, they have a hard time picking up on social cues. They're also highly likely to murder their neighbors and dismember them and throw them in the Galveston Bay. Yeah. I made that up. That part's not. No, that last part's not, not true. No, I, I haven't seen that happen yet. <laughs> Obviously, like, I'm super. I hate this. This is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yes. The defense team is garbage. <laughs> Yeah. I hate you more and more as the story goes on. But this defense team, I'm like, does I get that you them, have a job to do. Does he keep them through this whole process? Uh-huh. Well, they, they 
defend him again. Yeah. Oh my god. So I get that you have to do your job to defend like, your client. This is giving me like heartburn. <laughs> oh, I just can't. But I'm just like, you seriously just said Asperger's explains his but behavior. But then, like, what about the schizophrenic? You're all garbage. When You're all dead. garbage. Yeah. Like, don't. It no. didn't say. I will say that. Um, it didn't say he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. It just said the they notes thought. mentioned schizophrenia. Okay. And so maybe that's it too. Maybe they can't diagnose it that young or something. Oh, I don't okay. know. Okay. Again, not a doctor. But you think they would have picked up on Asperger's that young? Yeah. Unless that wasn't a thing. Then. It may have not been known then. Because yeah. that would have been the 50s. Right. And yeah. now we're in 2000. Yeah. 2001. I've still got a ways to go. Guys, Asperger's has nothing to... I mean... Mm-mm. It's... Sure. He may be on the spectrum. Sure. That's... Right. Fine. I have no yeah. problem actually believing yeah. that based on what we know of him. Mm-hmm. But to act like that has That's something to the do reason with his... for everything. No. No. <sighs> They're just, you're garbage. If you're listening and you're on his defense team, you're garbage. We don't like you. Anyway, when Durst was on trial, the only option given to the jury was premeditated first degree murder, which was weird. Robert claimed that he had killed Morris Black, but that he did it in self-defense, <laughs> which is a pretty brilliant defense move. Right. When they know the only option is premeditated first-degree murder. I don't understand why this prosecutor did that. They said he did two mock trials. So he, this is what he came up with. He apparently he did felt pretty Reese confident. He, <laughs> it's true. And I guess he thought, there's no need. This is a slam-dunk case. Mm-mm. So according to Durst, Morris Black had a key to his apartment, and Robert came home one day to find Black sitting in there, uninvited, watching TV. Robert said as soon as he came in, he could tell just from the look on Morris's face, which who knows what that means, that Morris was mad at him. Although <laughs> there was like no reason, you know, like he didn't give a reason for why he's he just got mad. sitting in his lazy. He's like, oh, he's mad. <laughs> and according to Robert, the first thing he thought of was, oh, oh, he's okay. mad at me. He's got my gun from he the hiding place because he knew where it was. So he says to Morris Black, this is all Robert. Where's my gun? And Rob, uh, Morris immediately stood up and pointed the gun at him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then there was a struggle. Oh, he struggled with him? And it accidentally went off, mm. shooting Black in the face. That's an accident. It was self-defense, Kara. In the, shot him in the face. It was self-defense. That's, then, man. Durst admitted to using a paring knife, hmm. a paring knife, hmm. two saws and an axe to dismember Black's body. A paring knife. Did no. one of the saws get dull? I don't know. What's the paring knife for? I don't know. I don't want to think about it too hard. So then what? he bagged the pieces and he dumped them in the bay. Okay. He didn't it, use, And, and he, he forgot to clear the receipts out of his bag. He didn't use those hefty bags. He used like a target bag. The jury acquitted Durst of murder on mm-hmm. November 11th, 2003. Thank you, jury. Well, and thank you, prosecutor. Like, what the crap? Exactly. The issue here, I think, is that they never found Morris Black's head... Which made it hard to dispute Robert's story about the struggle. Like, if you'd had his head, you could have examined it for the angle of the gunshot. You could have tried to get a better idea of what happened there. But without it, there is reasonable doubt. Yeah. So it frustrates me that he was acquitted. But I'm also like, man, I don't know if I was in the jury. This would be so confusing because they probably couldn't bring in any of the other, like, potential evidence and stuff. And right. I don't know how much they knew at that point about the stuff that happened in the past. Yeah. And. All you've got is premeditated first-degree murder. Mm. If they'd offered something else like manslaughter or second-degree or whatever, I bet they would have taken it. Right. But they didn't have that option. Yeah. So instead... Here we go. He's acquitted. (laughs) 
This is stressing me out. I'm still sick. Y'all are surprised by this? No. It's not COVID. Megan's immune system is... It's crap. hates her right now. It's crap lately. All right. Robert did end up serving some jail time, but it was for two counts of jumping bail and one count of evidence tampering for dismembering Black's body. So did his wife not get in trouble because she... I don't, maybe it's different there, but like here, if you bond somebody out, you're legally responsible for that person and you can get in a lot of legal trouble if that person does not show up for court. Well, she wired him the money. Oh, so, so maybe it actually it came from him. I don't know how that works. Are you allowed to use your own bank account? I have to- absolutely no idea. I'm very confused. We need to phone some friends. I don't know. They'd be like, why are you asking me this question? <laughs> no reason. I'm just going to call the local don't make it weird. Be like, hey, guys, I've got some questions. You're on air, by the way. <laughs> They'd be like, nope, goodbye. So Robert was sentenced to five years and given credit for time served. So no. he ended up serving three more years in prison. No. In 2002, he signed over power of attorney to that wife, that weird mm-hmm. wife of his that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. In case you guys don't remember from the last episode, like they've never lived together yeah. as husband and wife. It seems to it's he just like a, a he called it endeavor. a marriage of, of convenience. Yeah. yeah. And he just said basically he wanted her to have his inheritance. But they don't live together. Yeah. They do talk and But it's all about like legal matters. Yes. Yeah, I don't get it. The theory basically is that he married her so she could handle his affairs while he mm-hmm. was dealing with all his legal troubles. He was paroled in July two thousand five. As part of his release, he had to stay near his home and get permission to travel. But that December, he made an unapproved trip to the boarding house where Black had died mm-hmm. and to a nearby shopping mall. When he was at the mall, he just so happened to run into Judge Susan Chris, oh, who had presided over his trial. Oh, my God. So she knew the terms yeah. of his parole, mm-hmm. and he landed back in jail for violating. <laughs> I she love said, that. gotcha good, sucker. Yeah, when they interviewed her, she was just like, I can't not believe it. happy yeah. with yeah i love that he was released again in march 2006 so yeah about that judge in march 2015 she was asked if she believed durst murdered black and she said you could see that this person knew what they were doing and that it was not the first time the body was cut perfectly like a surgeon who knew how to use this tool on this bone and a certain kind of tool on that muscle it looked like not a first-time job that was pretty scary yeah. Uh-huh. Later, when he does finally end up in prison, um, she cried. Uh-huh. And she was like, I felt ridiculous for crying, but also it was just a long time coming. Yeah. And it was a relief. She just I felt think. relieved. Yeah. yeah. My gosh. Okay. So we're in 2006. Hop, skip, and jump. Robert's out of jail. Mm-hmm. He sues the Durst family for his share of the family trust. I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm. Why do I not remember any of this? They reached a $65 million settlement in the case. Essentially, they bought him out. There shouldn't even been a case well i mean i guess it's his inheritance yeah he gets he's entitled to it whether we like it or not yeah they essentially bought him out of the trust Mm -hmm. so he got 65 million dollars which is a lot insane but like that's it like he you know the the durst family fortune is what 8.1 billion i think is what they said he won't ever get another dime of that right he just has to go invest this on his own right so any future earnings by the durst family the durst organization he has no He's not entitled to it. Right. I'm sure they were more than happy to buy him. Oh, out. gosh, yeah. He gave Deborah, the wife, if you're on the YouTube video, I use quotation marks every time I call her his wife. He gave her $20 million of his $65 million settlement. Hmm. Mm-hmm. In case you're thinking he got $65 million and he's just going to live off that, and now he has $45 million. <clears throat> No, he's going to. He keeps working in real estate and buying and selling and stuff, so he continues to make money. Yeah. Like He yeah. lives his life and is... 
crazy, crazy rich. Agency was like, yeah, we'll back you. I don't know if he was involved in a real estate agency, but he just bought and sold his own buildings. You know, he owned property. And so that's why, even though he was cut out of the family money, he's still worth a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So Deborah still is going to make a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 2012 and 2013, a few members of the Durst family got restraining orders against Robert. They were afraid of him, and I would have been too. Yeah. He was charged with trespassing in New York after he walked in front of townhouses owned by Douglas and other family members. He was acquitted in December of 2014. And the judge in that case vacated the other protection orders that his family had taken out against him. I don't know why. Isn't that weird? I couldn't find any more about it. He's got a violent history. I get that. He was, and they didn't, they hadn't expired or anything. Mm-mm. Weird. That's really weird. Cause so I know that you can file like emergency protective orders or EPOs and you can get like, mm-hmm. they can't be within 500 distance of all these spaces or there's just like no violent contact, but you can still have contact. Like there's so many different ones. And sometimes the judge will just like throw them out if the people just are not playing along and they just don't show up to court and they're like, but I love you, whatever. But a judge just throwing it out. Just says he vacated him. Don't know why. In July of 2014, Robert turned himself into police after an incident at a Houston CVS. Did he? He allegedly exposed himself without provocation and then urinated on a rack of candy. Mm. On a rack of candy. In case that didn't come out. What kind of candy was it? Mm. Jujubes? <laughs> just hard candy. Just those little, like the grandmother candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The little strawberries with the weird gel mm-hmm. in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Where there's originals. Soft peppermints. Mm -hmm. So he exposes himself, urinates on some hard candy. So he was exposing himself while urinating. He didn't just like whip it out like helicopter around the the building. I mean, it didn't say that, but I think it was just all part of the urinating. But then he like just casually zips up, strolls out of the store, walks down the road. He's done. He just needed to go in somewhere and couldn't make it to the bathroom. He pleaded no contest to charges of misdemeanor criminal mischief and was fined $500. What? Only $500? Maybe they were like, what is he doing? I can't see what he, I can't, what is that? (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. He's clearly mentally ill. Yeah. I mean, he's loaded with money. Yeah. And shoplifting. And has gotten out of so much stuff. Urinating in public over a rack of candy in the middle of a drugstore. He's murdered and dismembered a man like he's very clearly not well yeah and this is where no we're shifting we're <laughs> all right shifting. let's get ready for this. okay I'm, we're I, on the edge of our seat i've talked about this before because i get really irritated by it i have a family member mm-hmm. who is deeply mentally ill yes yeah there is no help for her yeah there's no breaking through that anywhere yeah well there's just not even anywhere for her to go yeah she has no, like, there's waiting lists to get any kind of drug treatment programs. She's um, probably already, like, gotten herself kicked out of places that were willing totally. to Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No insurance. No mm-hmm. money. Has burned all her bridges. Mm-hmm. Everyone's. Family, yeah. friends, everything. Business. Yeah. And it's just, like, there's nowhere for her to go unless. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can't, you know, be in jail forever. She's right. Not, but it will take a major disaster. It yeah. will take someone getting seriously harmed Mm -hmm. it could be her Mm -hmm. it could be another person it could be a whole group of people yeah but it will take a major catastrophe for somebody to be like oh for her to get help Mm -hmm. right otherwise there's just nowhere for her and that is such a problem (laughs) yeah in our system that like there's nowhere for this type of mentally ill person to go yeah they're a danger Mm -hmm. to themselves themselves and to others yep 
but they are functioning. Mm-hmm. They're able to pretty much take care of themselves, even if they make terrible decisions. Yeah. And they'll get put in that, our local mental health hospital for, for what a three what, day hold. Yeah. 72 hours. And then they medicate them there, but then they're responsible for their own right there they won't after get their- that and it's just they just stop taking it they don't go to pick up their prescriptions they just tyler and i talk about this all the time with like our homeless community here like there's, there's nowhere a, to go no there's a shelter but they're not helping no like what and even if you can get you your medicine start? if you get medicine and you want to take it how do you go get it filled like you could probably get it right. taken care of for free so the money well but, those good rx but, cards are great but they don't know to do that or, the, or they're so high that they stop doing it and they don't realize that they still need it and then we're on to the next it's just so frustrating it's just so frustrating. Yeah. Like this man is clearly mentally ill. Oh my God. But there's nothing to do except wait. No. So okay. also, how do you like help someone who refuses to help themselves mm-hmm. so many times? Oh yeah. And will fight you at every opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Kara. Yeah. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok, these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I'm still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over mm-hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y. M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com Using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to TYMOBeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. 
Created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. In early 2015, Mm. HBO released a six-part documentary called The Jinx, Mm -hmm. The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. Yes. It detailed the disappearance of Kathleen Durst, the death of Susan Berman, and the killing of Morris Black. Although his lawyers and the wife told him (laughs) not to do this, Robert gave a number of interviews. He did. He really did. He hammed it up. And unrestricted access to his personal records to the filmmakers. Yep. When the documentary aired, Deborah, you know, the Mm -hmm. wife, Mm -hmm. stopped speaking to Robert. And then it was like, she started to distance herself from him. And I'm like, how could she possibly distance herself anymore than she yeah. already is? Like, what is, how did we get to this point? I don't know. So she began to distance herself from him and his affairs, legal and otherwise. And the documentary seemed to seal the deal as far as like mm-hmm. her cutting him off. Although she seems to technically still be married to him. I, yeah. It's all financial. There's this whole weird story that comes out over the next several years where it's like, she's technically married to Robert, but she lives with this other guy. And that guy calls her his wife. And even when that guy dies, she's listed as his wife in the obituary. She had to call the newspaper and be like, hey, I'm not actually his wife. Can you retract that? What? It's just bizarre. <laughs> like, from what I could tell, she's still married to Robert Durst. It has to be a financial arrangement. Yeah. He said he wants her to have his inheritance. But I'm just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why did he choose her? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? What? What? Yeah, what, how, how did we get here? Mm. So the documentary, The Jinx, ends with Durst moving into a bathroom and his microphone was yes, still live. Yes. And he didn't know yeah. it because he's not he's okay. Yeah. So the microphone records him saying to himself, there it is, you're caught. Yep. In that voice. <clears throat> you're right, of course, but you can't imagine. Arrest him. I don't know what's in the house. Oh, I want this. What a disaster. He was right. I was wrong. And the burping. I'm having difficulty with the question. What the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. In 2019, we learned that the filmmakers altered the sequence of Durst's comments. Right. So it's not that they... He made all the comments, mm-hmm. but he, they switched the order around. Yeah. Increasing the apparent severity right. of his musings in the bathroom, which yeah. is crappy. It is. Crappy. You're making a documentary. Don't be misleading. Don't change it. Yeah. Oh, there's no reason to be misleading. Like, he, good he, Lord. he said these things. He <laughs> said them. Just put them how they yeah. are. Like, Why did you need to make it worse? Yeah. Okay. On March 14th, 2015, <sighs> the FBI arrested Robert Durst for first degree murder in relation to Susan Berman's death on the same day as the final episode of The Jinx was released. Which feels like a brilliant marketing move. Uh-huh. And I really hope it wasn't, like, yeah. intentional. Right. Or maybe they just, like, caught wind of everything and were like, <laughs> Maybe so. We've been taping it, like, we've been tracking him and all this stuff and listening, and now we've heard all this, so let's yeah. go. So they arrested him at a Marriott in New Orleans, where he mm-hmm. was staying under the name Everett Ward. Yep. He'd driven to New Orleans from Houston mm-hmm. four days earlier, and he'd been obser- observed wandering around the hotel lobby, mumbling to himself. Yep. At the time of his arrest, the F. FBI estimated Durst's net worth at approximately $100 million. Mm. I don't even know what that... What does that look like? What do you do with that kind of money? He steals. 
sandwiches. <laughs> a subsequent search of Robert's car and hotel room led to the finding of a loaded revolver with four live rounds and one spent shell casing. Hmm. Five ounces of marijuana. Of course. Durst's birth certificate and passport. Okay. Maps of Louisiana, Florida, and Cuba. Hmm. A flesh tone latex mask. The fake Texas ID. I know, it's just nightmare fuel. The fake Texas ID he'd used to check into the hotel. A new cell phone. And $42,631 in cash. He added to that $37,000. He just <laughs> increased his profits there. Because he's not spending any money on he's chicken salad sandwiches. sandwiches. They also found a UPS tracking number, which led to a package he'd sent a friend in New York containing a pair of shoes and another $117,000 in cash. Mm. They believe that Robert was planning to flee to Cuba right. after the jinx aired. He was charged with murder in California, but arrested in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. There's this whole thing. Louisiana takes the opportunity to come at him with some weapons charges because he's a felon in possession of weapons. Right. Everybody just wants to get him. He ends up pleading guilty to that in February of 2016 and gets an 85-month jail sentence, which is like seven years. And so he first goes to prison in Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up going to jail in Los Angeles while right. he awaits trial for Susan Bowman's murder. Yeah. Okay. So later that year in 2016, Kathleen Durst's family asked to have her declared legally dead. And this request was granted in 2017. Her mother tried to sue Robert, accusing him of killing her daughter, but this was unsuccessful. Hmm. Then her sister Mary and another one of her sisters, Carol, also brought a wrongful death suit against Robert. But it was dismissed on the grounds that she had waited too long to file the suit. Huh. I mean, she was not declared legally dead until 2017. Right. So what? What? Neither of Kathy's parents are still living today. Okay. In 2018, Kathleen Durst's date of death was revised to match the day she actually disappeared. Okay. So now we're up to 2020. Right. We're getting so close to And today. Robert Durst is supposed to go to trial for the murder of Susan Berman. He pleads not guilty. The trial is delayed due to COVID and got pushed to 2021. Mm-hmm. In May 2021, his attorneys filed a motion to delay the trial indefinitely because Robert had bladder cancer and they wanted him to be released on bail so he could receive medical treatment that was not currently being provided. But the judge was like, nope, no. And the trial resumed on May 17th, 2021. That same day, New York investigators announced that Kathleen Durst's disappearance was being reclassified as a murder and would be reinvestigated. Hmm. I do want to say before the actual trial began, they had a bunch of pre-trial stuff and evidentiary right. hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that note that was sent to the Beverly Hills Police Department after yes. Susan Berman yeah, yeah. died, and it alerted them to a cadaver at her address? Yeah. During those hearings, Durst's attorney admitted that Robert Durst wrote that note. Oh, He always say. denied writing it before. Right. Now their story is that he got scared because he'd gone by Susan's house, saw her body, panicked, and wrote the letter and sent it to the police so they'd find her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the filming of The Jinx, Durst told the filmmakers that the person who wrote the cadaver note was taking a big risk because it was something that, quote, only the killer could have written. He told his godson, Howard Altman, quote, the person who wrote the note killed her. Hmm. However, in August of 2019, Durst's attorneys argued what the note demonstrates is that the person who mailed it was aware there was a body at the house, not that they had murdered Susan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that came out during trial, in case you're wondering why Durst would have murdered the woman who was described as his best friend. Right. And she, in turn, referred to him as Bobby, Bobby, Wonderful Bobby. Mm. Susan's 
De facto stepdaughter Mella Kaufman testified that when she was a teenager, Susan had admitted to her that she had helped Robert with his alibi after Kathleen disappeared in 1982. Hmm. Mella said that she and Susan had been heading home from the UCLA library when Susan told Mella about how her friend Robert's wife had disappeared and that she had made a phone call for him so that it wasn't suspicious. So do you remember that phone call that was made to the med school to say, hey, this is Kathy. I'm sick. I'm not going to be there mm-hmm. today. We assume that's the call that was, yeah. that was actually Susan Berman. Right. So this call was a critical point in the investigation because it led police to believe that Kathleen had made it back to Manhattan mm-hmm. after leaving Robert at the Lake Cottage that right. night. So I assume that Susan went to their apartment and yeah. made the call from their apartment. And it's kind of like, well, there's this call. It's mm-hmm. a woman and it's from their apartment. Yeah. It had to have been Kathy. Yeah. Which may also be why they never searched that cottage. Right. Because they were like, well, she clearly she made there. it back. Yeah. Here's the thing. Remember, they've been friends for years and years. Like, good friends. Right. Um, Bobby adored Susan, a friend said. She was his Holly Golightly. Oh, I love Holly Golightly. I do, too. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, oh my God. gosh. It's one of my but, favorites. And he just murdered her. I just yeah. can't. I mean... It didn't matter. It didn't matter. She'd been friends with him forever, had done so much for him. And you think, like, it may have been just, like, one tiny thing that he was just like, I can't. Yeah. When that investigation reopened, and when he learned about it in October, and she was dead in December. I mean, Mm -mm. yeah. During this trial, they made several attempts to get a mistrial. The defense did. Durst was on record saying he planned to fake dementia or get a mistrial due to COVID. Right. He truly was in bad health, but yeah. he seemed to use that a lot to delay mm-hmm. things and try to get out of things. And the judge just wasn't having it. Yeah. So during the trial, there was a lot of testimony about Kathleen Durst's disappearance. Okay. Because basically, for Robert to have murdered Susan in order to keep her quiet, it requires us to also believe that he definitely murdered Kathleen. Yeah. Which hadn't been proven. Right. It hadn't even been proven that Kathleen was murdered, period. Yeah. So Robert tried to paint a picture of Kathy as a struggling student, failing out of school, developing a drug problem. He testified that when the school called him saying she hadn't been to class, he figured it was due to drug use and that she was probably out somewhere having fun. Oh, my gosh. It hadn't occurred to me. But, dude, you cut her off from all your finances. How is she out having fun if she didn't have any money? He said, it hadn't occurred to me that anything had happened to her. It was more like, what had Kathy done to Kathy? You piece of crap. What? What had Kathy done to Kathy? Mm. Uh, uh. This is disputed by the people who were in class with her at the time. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. She said the front smart. of class yeah. she was doing well. She wasn't flunking out. Yeah. None of that. On September 17th, 2021, so just a few months ago, mm-hmm. Robert Durst was found guilty in the murder of Susan Berman mm-hmm. and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Yep. On November 1st, 2021, Robert was officially indicted for second degree murder of his first wife. Kathleen McCormack Durst. Finally. They did it. I've basically focused this whole thing on the murders that we're pretty confident that Robert committed. Mm -hmm. The alleged murder of Kathleen McCormack Uh Durst, the murder of Susan Susan Berman, and the self-defense murder of Morris Black. But there were other things, too. Police have looked at connections between Durst and the disappearances of other young women. So Mm -hmm. let's briefly take a look at those. Yep. 18-year-old Lynn Schultz disappeared from Middlebury, Vermont on December 10th of 1971. She had visited Robert's health food store that day and was last seen near a bus stop across from the store. Mm. Then there's 16-year-old Karen Mitchell, who I covered in episode 100, our Thanksgiving episode. She vanished from Eureka, California on November 25th, 1997. Mm -hmm. And according to investigative journalist Matt Birkbeck, 
credit card records place Durst in Eureka yeah. on the day right. Karen disappeared. It also seems that Durst visited a homeless shelter where Karen volunteered, mm -hmm. and an eyewitness thinks he saw Karen talking to a man who resembles Robert Durst. Yep. Yeah, the car and everything. 18-year-old mm -hmm. Kristen Modaffery disappeared from San Francisco on June 23, 1997. Kristen was last seen walking with a blonde woman, and as we know, Robert was known to sometimes wear yep. women's clothing, yep. and he did live in San Francisco mm -hmm. at the time. Still... That seems to be the only things that link him to her disappearance. Okay. So of these three, this one seems the most loosely tied to him. Right. But at this point, I'd believe it anything could, yeah, you tell me. It so could be sure. possible. Could have been. The FBI also looked into Durst in connection to the Long Island serial murders because okay. some of those victims were disposed of in the same way that Morris Black's body was mm, disposed of. Just no receipts this time. Right. <laughs> and ultimately, they couldn't connect him to those. The FBI created an informal task force in 2012 to work with investigators in jurisdictions where we know Robert lived, including New York, Vermont, and California. Mm -hmm. They asked police to re-examine cold cases in those areas. A private investigator in Texas has also traced Durst to operating under stolen identities in Texas, Florida, Massachusetts, New Jersey, South Carolina, Mississippi, and Virginia. Jeez. He used multiple aliases over the years, using different identities to buy cars, rent apartments, travel, and open credit cards. He had unlimited amounts of money. Well, that's what I was just about he could to say. Be all what over did the he place. need? Like, if he was trying to hide, so obviously he wasn't smart about it. But if he was trying to hide so bad, he didn't need credit cards. He just had an abundance of yeah. cash. Yeah. A former office employee of Durst said that he had a scanner, copier, and laminating machine, all of which could be used to create his fake IDs. Mm -hmm. He was also a prolific user of private mailboxes and apparently conducted business under a number of canine theme names. Woofing LLC, Woof Woof LLC, and Igor Fayette Inc. So the Igor thing, if you're like, why is that canine huh? related? Here's why. This okay. is the weirdest. I can't wait for It's this. such a weird story. I had to include it. I don't remember it. this. Yeah. According to Douglas Durst, back in the early 1980s, Robert Durst owned a series of dogs, all of which he named Igor. He just kept getting dogs and naming them Igor. And they all died in mysterious ways. So Douglas now says that he believes that Robert was practicing killing and disposing of the dogs to prepare to murder Kathleen. Nope. Robert was once recorded saying he wants to Igor Douglas. Here's, what we're, here's where we are right now. Robert... Durst was convicted of Susan's murder. He plans to appeal that conviction. The attorney who represented him through these multiple trials, including the Morris Black trial uh -huh. where he was acquitted, is no longer representing him. Okay. And he hasn't been able to meet with a new lawyer to handle his appeal because oh. he's been so sick. He's currently at the California Healthcare Facility. Okay. Which is like its like proper name, even though it sounds generic. It's actually just called. California Healthcare Facility. Is it like a federal medical? Mm -hmm. okay. The facility cares for the state's sickest incarcerated men. Okay. Robert is battling bladder cancer, among other things, and he's been there since October 27th. A week ago, his condition was upgraded from serious to fair, which seems like an improvement, depending on your perspective. I have no idea. Do we want him to? I don't know. Yeah. I'd like him to improve so that he could go to trial for Kathleen's murder. Yeah. Kathleen McCormack's family, of course, has a lot of questions about why it took 40 years for Robert yeah. to be charged with murder. They've accused the Durst family of a cover-up, mm -hmm. essentially asking, pressuring investigators to look the other way. Mm -hmm. And they say that the Manhattan and Westchester District Attorney's offices appear to have protected Robert Durst for decades, while the NYPD failed to conduct a competent investigation. A lawyer for the family says they intend to start releasing evidence of this cover-up soon. And that's all. And that's, that's all, where we folks. are as of this moment. 
I have okay. no information on when he might actually go to trial for Kathleen's murder. I, I imagine they're waiting to see about his health because it may all be a moot mm-hmm. point. It might be a cow's opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's moo. It's moo. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It really is. That he was he was able to operate for so long. And also, those are just the ones we know about. Well, that's what I was just... Like, that's exactly what was going to come out of my mouth. Like, I... There could be hundreds more. Oh, like, so many unsolved murders that could be him. That he traveled the world. And yeah. access he had. Places. The opportunity. Everywhere. Yeah, like, it's the like... Means. It's like he was Dexter. He just had facilities set up everywhere to where he could just do whatever he wanted. And nobody questioned him because he was a businessman and he had a lot of money. Every law enforcement agency that dealt with him over the years, how did you not see the mental illness? How did you not? Or did you? And you were just like, well, nothing we can do. He's money. We got a lot we can do. Yeah. He's a durst. He's got millions of dollars. He's up to no good these days. He fascinates me in nope. the way that Israel Keys fascinates exactly. me. Exactly. Because of the, like, potential for the prolific yeah. Yeah, amount yeah. of murders he could have committed. Yeah. And we probably and we'll won't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, guys, this was your two-parter series. This is part two. Yep. Uh, Thank you for listening. Yeah. You all are amazing. And <laughs> we love you. We're going to hit you up on Tuesday with a sad piece. Uh, you can find, if you'd like to contact us, um, all of the ways to contact yeah. us are in the show notes. Yep. Uh, we would love for you to join the Facebook group. We'd love for you to join the Patreon. Mm-hmm. We'd also just love for you to keep yeah, listening in whatever way you want. You being you. Yeah. yeah. You're the best. Yeah. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.